let me add my welcome to uh, what you've already been hearing. So Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, it's so good to be together with you all. Um, as some of you know, some of our pastors have recently, in the last day or so, gotten COVID. So um, I've had the opportunity to share with you a very uh, a wonderful text as we finish out our series together that we've been uh, exploring in this Advent season on hope. Um, and so if you'll join me, I would like to pray before I, I begin our time. Lord, you are the hope of this season. You are the hope of the world. Um, many of us know that the, that's the truth, and that's, that's what we should be resting in. That's where we should find our confidence. And yet, Lord, we just find ourselves very easily strained to other things that we put our hope in and we're disappointed. Lord, you, you came so that we could have a firm foundation. You came so that we can have a future. You came that we might experience even comfort in our difficulties and joy in circumstances that are not going well. And so, Lord, as we think about this greatest of all gifts at Christmas time, Lord, would you open our eyes freshly and remind us, Lord, of things perhaps that we know, but if we don't know these things, uh, that you would add uh, an understanding and a faith so that we might all receive this wonderful gift of salvation and the joy of knowing you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come quite a ways in this Advent series talking about hope. And uh, in, our, uh, in our studies, we've seen that hope uh, defined is it's a confident expectation of a good future. You know, hope is kind of like faith, you know, where you're, you don't really have the tangible evidence, but you've kind of extended uh, a, a trust when you, when you were in the moment. But hope is kind of like that, except it really expresses a faith or a trust in something that's still in the future. And there's a, there's a confident expectation. It's not like a, a trust that, or a hope that we usually use the word hope in, like I, I you know, hope the Ravens win this Sunday. I don't have that confident expectation. I hope that happens, uh, or something like that. I hope I don't get COVID, or I hope that we uh, get the gifts that we wanted at Christmas time. Those are, those are the way we, you, we use the word hope. But in the Bible and in the, the, the way that Christians use this word hope is something that we have been promised by someone who's trustworthy. And this promise is something that we can set our confidence in, and yet it hasn't come yet. And we've been talking in this series about the advent of Jesus Christ, of his, of his coming, but we've been looking especially to a second coming that has been promised to us. There's a second coming that we look forward to, but tonight we're going to look at his first coming especially. Hope has come. And I want to look at a text that's familiar to many of us from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. And uh, I want to talk, first of all, about the darkness. It says this in Isaiah 9, verse 2. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelled in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. The prophet Isaiah was... was uh, Speaking to the people of God, the Israelites at that time, 
and there was this great threat that was facing them. The Assyrian superpower was about ready to come and to uh, overwhelm the nation. And there was a sadness, there was a fear, there was a confusion, there was a, you know, just a lot of things had been dashed in terms of their uh, desire for a better life. And this prophet came to tell them this promise that though there's this deep darkness, there's a great light coming. And this deep darkness, which was kind of permeating their atmosphere and their, and their mood and their situation at the time, again, it would eventually end up, uh, Assyrian powers would destroy the northern kingdom and would actually take the people into captivity uh, into another place. But Israel was promised this coming hope of a light, a future king. And it was spoken of a little bit later in that in that. Uh, verse, next slide, and we'll talk about the light. In Isaiah chapter 9, we've been singing about this, we've been speaking about this already this evening, but it says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace there, there will be no end. And on the throne of David over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from the time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, Christmas time for, for the Gill family was always about, you know, enjoying a lot of uh, Christmas videos and Christmas movies and so forth. And I'm sure you've seen... This one, if you'll go back to, I'm sure you've seen this one before. Who, who has seen, everybody has seen this one, right? Unless you just came into our country for the first time. You've seen this. Oh, you haven't seen it. You haven't, okay. Uh, you haven't, well, you should see it. It's, it's a good movie. <laughs> so Charlie Brown was trying to figure out why he was so discouraged at Christmas time. He was trying to figure out what he was missing, like something, he used to have like this joy and this fun and this excitement about Christmas, look forward to it. And for some reason, he just felt like, you know, Christmas is just blah, you know, I don't know, I don't, I feel like I, I don't have the joy or the meaning of Christmas. And so, you know, he's discouraged, he's confused, um, he's, he's looking for an answer and so he thinks, Maybe, maybe I just need to get involved with people. Maybe I need to get involved with the season. You know, he's kind of pining that he's not getting any Christmas cards. And he's thinking about all these sad things that are going on around him. And finally, you know, his friends there, they kind of recruit him to work with a, a play, a Christmas play, and things don't go well for that. Then he buys a Christmas tree and he decides, you know, he's going to find the real meaning of Christmas. And he starts to decorate that. And as you can see there, you know, he has this little tree and it's very sad. He puts one ornament on and just goes to the ground. And it's just, he says, I've ruined Christmas. Christmas is ruined. You know, I got my hopes up I was, and nothing's working out. And I don't know about you, but maybe this Christmas is like that. You know, maybe, maybe for you, Christmas has kind of been kind of blah. Maybe you've kind of just looking at the circumstances of our, of our country or of our relationships or people that you've lost. 
loved ones. Uh, maybe all the, the gifts and all those things, you've kind of just lost their joy in those things. And maybe you've kind of tried to get into it and bought some gifts and did some decorating and you put all your effort into that and you found out it's still just not quite the same. I'm just missing the joy. I'm missing out on something. You know, something's not right here. And maybe that's where you are. I mean, I'm, I've never seen a Christmas Eve with this few people in, in our sanctuary. Um, and if I was looking for attendance to be my source of joy for Christmas, I would be disappointed. Uh, because of the COVID situation in our, in our church and because I was spending a lot of time with those guys who are now have COVID, um, I'm not going to get much time with my family this, this Christmas. And so, again, loved ones gone, difficult situations. And you might think, yeah, I just, it's just not that, I've missed something, or I don't have the joy that I could have. But thankfully, in the Charlie Brown Christmas, there's a, a real insightful person named Linus. And Linus is like, I know what the meaning of Christmas is all about. I know what Christmas is really about, Charlie Brown. And he begins to read to him a very familiar text, a text you know, that, that we're familiar with from Luke chapter 2. And he says this, starting in verse 8, he says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. He said, that's, that's, the, that's the meaning of Christmas, Charlie Brown. That's what it's really all about. And somehow the whole mood of the, of the kids and, and Charlie Brown changed, and they started singing to their Savior together, and they got it. Now, their circumstances probably didn't change in many ways. And for us, perhaps it's still going to be sad because there's going to be some people not there in your home at this time of year. People that you'd love to be with. People that you miss. But because of this gift, because of this child, we have all that we really need to experience peace and joy in a very difficult season. Linus knew the true meaning of Christmas, and circumstances could not touch those and take those away. The hope could not take away the hope that he had. The hope of Christmas is that a child was born. For the Jews at that time in Isaiah, you know, they were about ready to enter into uh, captivity and being destroyed. You know, their freedom's being taken away. But, but God in his kindness 
wanted to give them something to look forward to. And again, that's the light. If we can have that slide. There was darkness, but even in the darkness there was light. And this light came as a child. 700 years before Jesus was born, God gave his people a promise that they could look forward to. The promise that was given, you know, none of us gets, you know, like notice 700 years before somebody's born. You know, our kids, you know, we, when, we, when we make an announcement that we have a child or a grandchild coming, we know just a short period of time. But God said, these people are going to need something to put their hope in because they're going to go through some difficult times. For the next 700 years, I'm going to give them something to look forward to. I'm going to give them a hope that will sustain them through their difficult times. And even the fact that Jesus has come, and now it's been 2,000 more years that we're waiting for some of these names that we'll see to be, the, to be fulfilled. A long period of time between the promise and the fulfillment. But this gift, this gift of this child, sustained God's people with hope. And my question to myself and to us would be, do you find hope? Do you find joy? Do you find peace in knowing that those circumstances are not what we wish, though life is hard, though things are not the way we, we wanted them to be? Have we set our hope on the wrong things or have we set our hope on a child who will fulfill these names? It says here that to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's going to be a king. He is, he is reigning and will reign over all things. At the end of this verse it says, The increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. He said, the hope that we have is this king, this Messiah king that was promised. And his kingdom will not end. For all eternity, his kingdom will go on. And it finishes with, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is not kind of like a, a, a secondary kind of issue with God. The zeal of God, the passion of God, the God of hosts, you know, the idea of the Lord of hosts is the Lord of armies will accomplish this. And what is the, the names of this child? The names of this child we have here, it says, this child will be born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulder, and his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, which we had a great video to kind of give us the understanding of these things. This child will be to us a, a source of amazing insight, an incredible advisor to our lives. If you feel like you're perplexed and without answers, if you feel like your circumstances are too complex to understand, what, what should I do? If you feel like you're without uh, understanding of, of decisions that are before you and there's no good solutions, 
You know, you have a wonderful counselor in this child. His name shall be called Mighty God. This child is divine. This child is not like anyone else. This child is the son of God. He is God. And he in himself uh, has power. He's the mighty God. In his power, he raised the dead. He stopped storms. He healed miraculously people. He fed thousands of people. And we would look at this God and we would say, my circumstance is too big or my difficulties are too hard or my trials are, are, are without you know, any kind of solutions. And we should understand that a gift has been given to us, this child who is the mighty God. You have a mighty God on your side. And this child is also called Everlasting Father. He's always caring. He's protecting you. He's aware of what's going on in your life. He's, he's intimately involved in seeing your situation. He's instructing. He's making things right. So if you feel alone, if you're afraid, if you feel uh, not valued or not valuable, if you feel helpless and vulnerable, you have an everlasting father. Perhaps your father wasn't that like that. But this father is that way. And he's an everlasting father. He's not just a father for a season for you. He's not just a father for you when you're doing the right thing or you're kind of being a good kid. He is a caring father in an everlasting way. He will always look out for you. And he's the Prince of Peace. This child can bring a peace that surpasses comprehension. Some of us are perhaps in some of the greatest trials of our life. Some of the greatest tests that you could ever imagine. And maybe if someone would have told you that someone would have been taken away from you. Or, some, or, or you're going to lose someone to cancer. Or you're not going to be able to be with loved ones. You might feel like, I can't handle that. <laughs> That's too much. That's too difficult. And yet, I testify to you that there is a Prince of Peace. And that Prince of Peace doesn't just say words to you. That Prince of Peace has sent his very own spirit to live inside of you. The Comforter. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will be with you through the storms, through the fires, through the difficulties. This child knows you and knows your circumstances as I won't even take you beyond what you're able to bear. I will be with you in the fire, in the floods, in the losses, in the difficulties. But where are you looking and where am I looking? It's this child that was given to us. And if you've not come to know this child, if you've never put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ as God and Savior in your life, and you've not, you've not believed in him, let me encourage you that this is the true meaning of Christmas. This is the gift that God intended for you. This was the reason why God was willing to sacrifice his own son. 
because he is an everlasting father. Because he is a God of peace. And he wants to make peace with you. He wants you to have peace with one another, but he has initiated a way for you to be at peace with him. Because the thing that was, that was keeping you to, from having a relationship with him and that which was keeping you from knowing him in a personal way was our rebellion against God, was our independence from God, our disobedience to God, our sin. That's what kept us from a relationship with God. And so God, in his generosity and his kindness, sent his son, and his son said, no one made me do this. I do it of my own free will. Jesus came vulnerable as a child, as, a, as to be born in a manger, to live a representative life. So he was tested and tempted in all things as you and I are, and yet he never sinned. And he said, I came that I might give my life as a ransom for many. He came to pay the price that we would have had to pay for our sin. He died ultimately and willingly as a sacrifice, as a substitute for you and me. And he offered himself to be a savior to you if you would put your hope and trust in him. If you would recognize your need, absolute need for a sin bearer, for a savior, and you'd put your hope and trust in him, eternity is changed for you. Your identity is changed because of him. You are a child of God. You, are, you are, have the inheritance of Jesus Christ. You will reign and you will live in, 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 a, in a paradise, in a, a place of joy and no more temptations. There will be no more sorrow or suffering in that place. That's what was given to you. That's why when, when life is good, we rejoice. But that's why when life is difficult, we rejoice because ultimately the greatest need that we ever had was this Savior, this child. He is the Prince of Peace. He brings you comfort. He hides you in the shadow of his wings. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, he's not leaving you. He's closer than a brother. And he will not forsake you. I think about this word hope. This word hope. And I think about the Proverbs 31, the, the godly woman in Proverbs 31. In verse 25, it says that she, in the ESV, it says she laughs at the time to come. Uh, the message says she always faces tomorrow with a smile. You see, if we really understand who this child is, and we can get a lot of it from just looking at these names. If we really understand who he is, there is a reason to smile. There is a reason to have joy in spite of difficult circumstances. And we will find that this child brings light to our life in the darkness. So we're going to close off here in just a moment with uh, Silent Night as we frequently do. And I'll have the, the worship band if you'll come on up. But let me pray for you. If you've never put your trust and hope in Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray for you that you might tonight receive the gift, 
that was offered for you. And if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, but you've drifted away and you've looked for other things to give you peace and joy in this Christmas season, I'll pray for you as well, that you will return and find your hope in him. So let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you that you are the reason for the season. You are the light in the darkness. Lord, if there's ones here to, to, uh, this evening, whether online or, or whether here in person, Lord, who have never recognized that they need you as a Savior, I, I pray that they would just humbly confess, Jesus, I've sinned against you. I've, I've failed. And I need you as my God. I need you as my Savior. I put my hope and trust in your death on the cross to pay for my sins. Come into my life and be my Savior and Lord. And then, Lord, if there's ones here who have made that, that decision and have put their hope and trust in you, but they've drifted away and they've looked to other things and they've lost their joy and they've lost their peace. They've lost their sense of this is why I'm here, is to know him and to love him, to serve him. Lord, would you return us back to yourself? Lord, let this light remind us, Lord, that it, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how difficult it is, you are the light. You are the hope that we have. And we celebrate that on this Christmas Eve.